here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to the Brit Rest Roundtable. We have a pretty interesting lineup today. Um, I'm Ollie Court, um, but Arn and Rob are not here. Instead, we have two guests for the first ever time. It's pretty exciting. Um, we have of the Dan World Order, Dan the Dazzler here with us. Hello. I am here indeed. And we have returning, I believe for the third time, we okay. have Ian. It's me. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I mean the eponymous Ian. Yes, um, sounding like a person <laughs> and and not a not an underwater. Hopefully this time again. <laughs> I know that it's a bit early to be saying that. Well, last time we we were on here, uh, Ian beat me on the uh, uh, Britrest draft. So well done, Ian. Yes, <laughs> I did. Despite not preparing uh, at all, no preparation whatsoever from. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we have quite a lot to get to, and first up we have Progress Chapter 37 to talk about. The show took place on the 16th of October, uh, the Progress's first show since Brixton, where they, I believe they sold out the uh, 2,400 tickets of uh, the O2 Academy, uh, a very strong show that they had there. So this is almost like the start of a new era for them, like lots of new people on the card, like fresh matchups. Um, what did you guys think of the card, like as it was announced? Um, as the card was announced, I thought it was a pretty strong one. It's lacking in the bigger names, you would say, but everything on it looked good. I thought, at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you, you had a, a fairly logical and strong main event, and then um, as they were adding things to it, it, it wasn't like anything was bad. There was a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, a couple of people I didn't even know who they were. Um, which which is not not particularly a, or not exactly a terrible thing, but it it was definitely a yeah it's a decent looking card no matter how you look at it I don't think. Yeah, I was pretty excited for a couple of the deb- debuts here, and we'll get to them. Um, first up, we had uh, the returning Bubblegum, uh, who has been around in progress for quite a while, but only on a very like low level and only popping up here and there. So he's looking to take advantage of some of. Um, the exits from Progress, we have no more Tommy N, no more Jack Gallagher, uh, no more Big Demo, uh, so there's a chance to step up. And 
he was taking on Chuck Mambo, who we saw at Brixton, but getting essentially squashed by Paul Robinson. Uh, what did you guys think of these two? I I thought Bubblegum was, was very good in this. I do, I've not usually, or I am not usually, particularly into Bubblegum. Um, that might be controversial, I don't know, but he was he was aggressive as anything in this match. There was a point where he, he might have broken Chuck Mambo's face. Um <laughs> towards the end there um yeah it was it was good i i don't know it was yeah <laughs> i don't have words anymore apparently <laughs> but it was it was fun yeah i'm kind of along the same lines it was a good opener i thought it was probably the best scene i've had of chuck mambo so far bubblegum did look great yeah i just thought it was a really good opening to the card it's nothing blow away but mm-hmm. no uh I've I've heard um, Arn Furious talk about uh, Mambo and maybe uh, saying that he doesn't have a lot of experience at this point and he'd like to see him work elsewhere. I believe the commentary said that uh, Mambo um, was wrestling James Drake the night prior, 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 prior <laughs> to this show, um, which it, it's good. It means that he's working in different places um, other than just Progress, which is obviously his home promotion. Uh, it seems like he's starting to get better, but he has been around for a relatively long time now. Like, he was on some of the very early Endeavor shows back in 2013 and 2014, but, like, he'll be hoping that this reshuffling of the deck gives him more of a chance to just wrestle on some of these shows and get more experience in front of the bigger crowds other than just an Endeavor. So, it'll be interesting to see how Mambo develops. He was okay here, but nothing... Uh, as you say, nothing blow away. I do think putting him in with Bubblegum was very deliberate on that side as well, because Bubblegum has been around forever, hasn't he? And mm-hmm. We all know that he can wrestle, and he's obviously going to be someone that can give a lot of tips to a Chuck Mambo. So, yeah, I do think it was very deliberate in that sense. Yeah, I just can't get over the fact that he almost broke his... You know what spot I'm talking about when he stomped <laughs> on his head, right? Bro- broke the boy's face. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a learning experience, I guess. That's good. Like it felt quite kind of young liony, yeah. veteran versus young lion. I mean, that's what we want. And Bubblegum got his first win in progress, so maybe he'll be further in the plans going forward. Uh, we had two debuts in the next match, which was Kaylee Re- Kaylee Ray versus Kimberly. Um, Kaylee Ray looks like she's going to be sticking around because they really emphasised um, like her mean streak and um, that finishes of finisher of hers. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I don't even, know, don't even know what you call that. The guillotine, yeah. For- forgot what wrestling was for a second there, <laughs> and wrestling moves. Uh, but yeah, a really impressive showing from Kaylee Ray, I thought, here. The guillotine looked really vicious, and, like, they set it up really well throughout the match, and then, like, delivered big time for the ending, made it look like a properly devastating finisher, which, uh, makes Kaylee... A little more interesting as they move into the Natural Progression Series for the Women's Championship. What do you guys think of uh, Kimberly here? Because I don't really know too much about her, so what do we think of her? Um, well, I was actually just going to agree with you there. I thought Kaylee Ray looked absolutely fantastic, and Kimberly wasn't bad, but it was quite clear to see who was the better wrestler in that match, I thought. Like I said, not putting down Kimberly because I do think Kaylee Ray is very, very good, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's right. I don't think I'm going to disagree with any of that. Um, <laughs> Kaylee Ray looked, yeah, amazing, amazing in this. Um, mm-hmm. Kimberly was was kind of there. She she knows how to do uh, lots of suplexes. Um, she can definitely do those. Um, but I thought I said um, at the time that the match was amazing. Um, it was probably <laughs> more. I was I was so impressed with with um, the reaction. To be honest, everyone was was um, was willing to, willing to embrace it, and and they went along with it. Everyone in the crowds, and yeah, it made Kaylee Le- Kaylee. Why would that name be that? That's too, that's too difficult. To <laughs> Kaylee Ray. Um, yeah, she looked great and. Yeah, that finisher is going to be a, a big deal, I would have thought. It's good, too, because it's been, you know, they introduced Nixon Newell and Alex Windsor. Yeah, Alex. Um, yep. <laughs> recently, and they're going to need to introduce some more people for this for this tournament, and you're not going to get anyone better than, than Kaylee Ray, I don't think. so. Definitely. Yeah, good stuff. She, she's definitely one of the best um, Britain has, and that's why she's, you know, she's been to NXT very briefly. Um, on, you, were t- oh, you were talking about the reactions. Um how did it come across on the tape of the actual finish? Because being there, it seemed very weird with the kind of injury angle part of it. Hmm. Especially the it was a weird finish the, the way the referee acted and like the way he sort of went for the free count and then sort of pulled back. Like I don't think that came across kind of well. But once you realised that it was you know an angle and. It was to make the finisher look really devastating. Yeah, I thought it came across really well. I'd also say that uh, the, the opening part of the match, um, the reaction to that was really good. Uh, like a very strong technical like chain between Ray and Lee. And I, I thought that was the best Kimberly looked all match. And from there, I didn't rate her that much. But yeah, the opening was really, really good. Yeah, I think with reactions as well, it's a good time to say, it might just be me, but it's a lot of the time it's kind of difficult to judge at the Manchester shows. I don't know if it's how everything's mic'd. You kind of struggle to hear uh, Jim Smallman talking at times as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of a little bit um, muted um, a lot of the time. But I thought this and, yeah. and the next match, definitely you could feel the, the appreciation for for the new new people and yeah it's i think actually this show was the first time where i wasn't you know dwelling on the the microphone issues so they might have done some tweaks with the audio or something like that but it's it's definitely noticeable that you struggle a little bit to to hear what's going on 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 the manchester shows as opposed to as opposed to the london ones i think they're always looking for ways to improve production that's certainly like a weakness of theirs like being able to just hear the microphone but yeah i didn't Particular, I I never particularly notice Jim Smallman's bits in between. I just kind of phase them out and mm. sort of use them as downtime. But yeah, I didn't notice anything untoward, and yeah, they're always improving on the production side. No, it was just that. Well, you, when was there live when they did the whole Kaylee Ray pulling Kimber off the top rope and hitting yeah. her head? It it obviously kind of deflated the room quite a bit because yeah, Jim Jim has been quite vocal in not doing injury angles and the first show after what happened with Sebastian this was the finish it just all seemed very weird being there mm. and they have done very this very weird uh, atmosphere I, I didn't really they've done this kind it. of they've done this kind of um fake injury angle quite a few times actually and being in the room live it is always kind of awkward like um 
There was one with uh, Rob Lynch about a year ago in a like a multi man match. Yeah, where, I was like, at that live. They as played well. up his shoulder and in- shoulder injury, and like I thought that came off really badly because he like he'd had quite a severe. It was a scary incident. It wasn't a severe injury or anything, but like it appeared severe, and they had to stop the the, the match he was in a couple of months before that because of that. It, it did come off a little weird. Um, I guess they're trying to blur, you know, kayfabe in real life, but you know sometimes kayfabe's there for a reason. So yeah, it came off a little weird, but it was also really effective. So I can't really can't really judge him on this one. Yeah, I think I might be desensitized to that whole thing because I was at that ICW show where um they they did the Lionheart injury angle where they'd like removed half the barricade and things like that, uh, to try and get him out. There was people um looking like they were phoning for ambulances and things like that and then he just jumped up and hit a super kick it was fun I, it was fun it was a fun time to be at an icw show it was it was like a 10 minute angle where he was just lying in the ring and kenny williams was looking mm. all upset so it's kind of you, you get sort of skeptical with that kind of thing um obviously that the sebastian one was 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 scary in the building but this one I, I don't think i noticed it and that might just be because i wasn't wasn't paying close enough attention but it, it definitely didn't come across yeah. as bad uh moving on to the next match um james drake versus fabian eichner two new, yes. two more debuts for progress and this was a very exciting match because i've only ever seen a combined one match of between these two guys and that match yep. was really awesome uh eichner killed it in his first round match in the cruiserweight classic against jack gallagher and definitely earned a shot in progress and more than delivered with it. He, he was pulling out some insane moves in this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. I think that's the most, from looking at reaction to this show, that's been the most common kind of reaction. It's just like all caps, Fabian Eichner, ah! Like that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, he was he was spectacular. I thought uh, James Drake was good as well. He, he kind of pulled off a, a an it felt like an upset win um, at the end because he kind of really just moved out the way of a of a whatever it was and then and hit his finish and then ran away. So it was it was really really exciting though this match. Yeah, Eichner um, was as you say he was all action. It was very good in that sense, and I think Drake got himself over very well as this kind of more weaselly heel who's just gonna do what he has to do um yeah i thought both guys came across really well in the mm-hmm. roles and i think eichner is definitely um, going to be someone that they bring james back. drake it was the first time i've seen james drake uh he was giving off a little bit of um creator wrestler vibes and like 2005 smackdown guy <laughs> but in the end he was actually really good um like he feel he like he seems technically proficient um, he's like got a good aura around him. The crowd were reacting to him. I would definitely like to see what more he can do in like a longer match. But Eichner wasn't just the star of this match. He was probably the star of the show because no one really knew just how good he was. Obviously, he had one good match, but you can't really judge a guy off that. I think he proved that he is pretty damn good <laughs> with this performance. I say Drake was a bit creator wrestlery. Fabian Eichner was reminding me of cesaro here with some of the stuff he was doing and like just his look bald-headed muscular um mid-european guy (laughs) 
not to pigeonhole him, but he was really good. <laughs> yeah, and with James Drake, if you're not going to be um, spectacular, you know, it doesn't take a lot um, for the progress crowd to latch onto you. And the the fact that he had a picture of his face on his arse, um, <laughs> kind of that that was. If he didn't have a picture of his face on his arse, I don't know if he would have been quite so <laughs> quite so over. But he he got say, uh, yeah, they didn't like his face being on his arse at all. And so I th- that that feels like that's something that'll stick with him. Um, if he does come back at any point. Yeah, you never know what the progress crowd is going to latch on to. And face arse, arse face. Arse face, yeah. yep, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. He'll go with it. Um, I I think he does have a pr- fairly big future in progress, to be honest. Like, he's already pretty good. He's, like, deceptively big. Um, like... I, I would like to see him go further and hope this isn't just like a one-off or just a mini push. Like I, I want to see him get a proper run, get a couple of big big matches, and see what he can do and like see what he can see if he can thrive in the big match scenario. I guess because we already know he's a decent wrestler. <laughs> I want to see if he's a great one. Yeah, I wonder how um, Fabian Eichner will do. Um going forward because obviously it was a spectacular debut um but i wonder how far that'll carry him i don't i don't know he he did seem to have kind of a lot going for him though so he's probably going to be going to be fine or, or more than fine yeah eichner I, I should definitely be in uh, the super strong style 16 next year yeah. if he's not going to be a regular i hope he pops up for the big spots yeah i would be surprised if he wasn't in super strong style after that showing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with uh, I I I think he'll be back. You would hope so. Uh, shall we move on to the first half main event for the number one contendership to the Progress Championship? Uh, we had Pete Dunn, Joe Coffey, Marty Skull, and Trent Seven replacing Stra- Shane Strickland, who I suppose we should uh talk about a little bit here. Um, I would since... love to know because I have no idea what happened there. Well, no one really <laughs> definitively knows what happened between him and WXW that caused WXW to sever their ties with him. He ju- he just won the uh, WXW Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the World Tag Team League in doing so. Um, and then a week later, they say, bye, we're never going to talk to you again. <laughs> and it was a fairly um, unfriendly breakup, shall we say. And... All I really know is that something must have happened that Saturday between him wrestling his last match for WXW that Saturday and not appearing on Progress on Sunday. Something happened, <laughs> and no one really knows what, but it doesn't appear to be a Matt Seidel situation. <laughs> um, no, he was at um, Bike Club Pro at weekends. Yes. So he's, he's, he's allowed to walk about, which I'm not sure if, if Matt Seidel is allowed to do that at this point. <laughs> so yeah, uh, an weird. odd situation. It's weird. Strange, it really is. He was in Fight Club Pro um, uh, last yeah. weekend, but yeah, yeah he replaced <laughs> Drew Gulak for the full weekend. Yeah, so you know he's still alive and <laughs> able to leave the country. But and by the way, he had a very good match on the Sunday against Travis Banks. I really look forward to stuff. it. I look forward to it. <laughs> Fight Club. Pro is is 
not to derail everything, but it's, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. It's like, how can it be that it good? Is. It looks like shit, and it's so good. I don't have a big, like, it, spectacular They definitely point. have a vibe going for them right now. And now that they're actually putting the shows online, um, even if they do look like crap, <laughs> like, they are excellent shows. Yeah, and everything so, yeah. about it is great because it's, like, two hours long, so you're not sitting there going, Christ. Yep. And it's £4. I mean, everyone has £4. <laughs> no one's going to and steal do, it because it's four pound. I do think that looking like crap is part of the appeal as yes, well, isn't it? It's, definitely, it's, yeah, a, yeah. It's a fake. It's on the ground. It's dirty. It's grimy. Like I specifically it's... said earlier, that the Manchester venue was far too nice. It needed to. It needed to be a <laughs> worse venue. Having been there, yes, it was. <laughs> it just looked. Although lo- I'm not going to complain at the cheap beer, but right, oh, we need to get go. back to this. <laughs> yes, the, the, the dingy, grimy. <laughs> T- like ring that is barely elevated oh, above the floor. It's like a Chikara two thousand and three <laughs> ring. It's wonderful. Uh, so yeah, completely derailing the topic, which was uh, the fatal four way. <laughs> That's what we do here. It's fine. Um, and this match saw the emergence of Peter. <laughs> just For those of us who were just... who were here live, <laughs> just even before, would you that, like to what, walk us through? What What was it? The um when Trent Seven was on the mic, he got an unbelievable burn in on Shane Strickland for not being there, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I believe he said, um, <laughs> he just does flip. Shane Strickland, like Shane Strickland thinks he's strong style. Um, uh, all these fans love their strong style, uh, but all you ever say is, um, oh, he did a flip <laughs> and then he wank- wanked himself off. It was, <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, Trent Seven is a bloody charismatic man. I'd like to buy him a pint. Yeah, he, ne- <laughs> he needs to not tuck his t-shirt into his pants, though. <laughs> Just to not look like a dad. Although, you know, not I the I think ma- he's kind of going for the dad vibe, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's fair. Oh, I'm not sure why I said dad. It's not like my dad's walking about with his t-shirt and his pants all the time. <laughs> not, not all the time. Yeah. Anyway, Peter. Peter happened. It did. What? What happened, Dan? Well, I did kind of think that this wouldn't come across on the audio, but what actually happened was, at one point in the match, <laughs> Trent Seven went to suplex Joe Coffey and couldn't do it. And mm. he shouted in his very thick Birmingham accent, Peter, at Pete Dunne <laughs> to help him to double-team him, which obviously got a bit of a laugh. And then he did it again yeah. a little bit later on, going for another double-team move. And then just the full crowd just shouting Peter whenever Pete Dunn's anywhere near anything at all. It it took o- it took over. Like even on tape, it was like, "Yep, everyone's just shouting Peter now." That's mm. that's how this match is going to go from now on. He even did a baby face fire up to Peter shouts at one point. It was really random. It was because uh, for on on VOD, it just sounded like everyone had decided to call him Peter for some reason because I didn't hear Trent Seven say it. I think so. I think I think it's there. You just like, kind of have to. Like you I can hear that commentary would possibly talk it over it because obviously they don't know that yeah, it's coming, yeah. and you can probably just f- and as we mentioned before, the Manchester micing issues. Yeah, between them meant that you couldn't really make it out, but live, all you could hear was just this big Birmingham accent <laughs> shouting Peter, <laughs> and it was rather funny. Yeah, that that needs to be a T-shirt. It already is. It, looked, it already is. Pete <laughs> this is Peter. On Big Cartel. Oh, is it on Big Cartel? I thought that was just a mock-up. I didn't know he'd actually made it. No, they're <laughs> currently being printed, I believe. I, I may need that. 
I just found out that my um This is Peter. My Jimmy Havoc Taylor Swift t shirt is is uh, at Donald's house, which Donald is my cousin who everyone Donald is famous and he doesn't know that he's famous and it's awesome. But he, <laughs> he has my t shirt just now, so I need to get that back. So uh, Marty Skull won this match. <laughs> yeah, that was away from all the shenanigans. Uh, what did we think of the actual match itself? Um, I enjoyed the match. Um, it, with it being a number one contender match, the fact that it seemed to unintentionally just devolve into complete comedy <laughs> didn't work too well in its favour. With stuff like Marty doing the full theatrics before the chicken wing at one point mm, when everyone's yeah. got each other in submission holds but i think at that point the peter stuff had just taken over it and they just thought let's run <laughs> with a comedy match so yeah. i'm not gonna have a go in too much for that but yeah it, I, it was really enjoyable and given i suspect that shane strickland would have been winning so marty winning was probably the next best option in the scenario that happened yeah, I think this was probably. Uh, no, go ahead. No, it's okay. On you go. <laughs> oh, um, this was probably my favorite match of the show. Uh, I thought like the dynamic between British Strong Style teaming up on Joe Coffee and Joe Coffee like just bouncing everyone off him, and then Skull, like you say, like running around doing all his theatrics. That's the best Skull when he's not being super serious Skull when he's just like kind of clowning around. I would say but still being kind of deadly as well and like being on the edges of a match at all times and never and like no one ever being able to put him away and like being able to take advantage of um the scenario as it played out to him uh to lock coffee into the chicken wing i really liked that uh, it was all action all the time there wasn't any like you know slow paced stuff i think i was in the mood for just um an all out action first and this one delivered and yeah the actual moves themselves were suitably hard-hitting, suitably strong style. I think all four guys can be proud of this one, even if it was more comedy than perhaps was anticipated. I think probably watching it on tape as opposed to being there live, it was it was more of a good balance between between the comedy and the actual actual action. Yeah. Um, I would assume if you were there and everyone was just shouting Peter over and over again, it might be a bit, <laughs> might be a bit distracting. But I think the comedy and the, the, yeah, the hard-hitting was definitely a, a decent balance. It was a fun... That was a good match. It was a very good match. And um, there's one thing that Arne said um, about Joe, um, Joe Coffey recently that, that I've never been able to get out of my head that he, he maybe thinks he's stronger than he is. Because there was something he did in this match as well where he was try. Usually it's when he tries to do a giant swing on someone and he can only get them around like once. Um, but he did something here as well. And it's just it's in my head that maybe he, he thinks he's a lot stronger than he actually is because he, he sometimes looks kind of kind of sloppy when he's dropping people but apart from that i think that was a it was a good performance from everyone i don't i don't have any complaints about this one at all awesome so uh Yay. we'll move on to the second half unless you want to have anything to add dan sorry um no i completely agree with that like i said it just seemed a bit too comedy for a number one contenders match but that could just be my personal opinion and being a bit caught up in everything that was going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that. Okay. So we'll move on to the other number one contendership match on this show. Uh, even though the commentary, I think they yeah. said this wasn't an official number one contendership match um, in the hype video for 
South Pacific Power Trip's next matchup, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, their opponents did say that they were the number one contenders. So by winning this, the South Pacific Power Trip are the number one contenders, even if it wasn't an official number one contendership match, cleared that up. Um, um, actually, just quickly before this, it would be okay. worth talking about Jimmy Havoc. Oh, yeah. oh yes, of course. I've con- <laughs> I'm looking not, at um, not on the run sheet. Far but too beholden to the run sheet. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Jimmy Havoc popped up and rainmakered Marty Skull out of his boots. <laughs> what was that like, Clive? Um, obviously, I think once as soon as Marty got on the microphone, it was really obvious what was coming. Um, they'd also progress had actually put on their Instagram during the day, kind of a little video saying someone's taken over downstairs of the Ritz. Which kind mm. of made you think, oh, it's probably going to be Jimmy, isn't it? <laughs> but still, the moment that that music hits, everyone's just losing their mind at the moment, aren't they? So you, you easily just lo- kind of lost your way live when it hit, as I imagine was exactly what happened at Brixton, where everyone kind of expected something. and But it still gets you, doesn't it? It's... Oh, yeah. He's getting... the, the aura of a room changes when his music kicks in. I've always, I've always thought that. He was so nonchalant in this one, though. He just kind of turned up and then <laughs> rainmakered him, and then kind of shrugged and then walked away. I was kind of upset because I rewound it and watched it again. I thought that his music had kept playing the whole way through, but they actually they stopped it and then started again just at the chorus of the song. Um, I was just imagining him going, just leave the music on. I'm only going to be a minute. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but the, the fact that, yeah, so he came in through the crowd and Marty didn't know he was there. He got got beat up and then he just left. And there was another amazing camera shot from Progress watching um, Jimmy walk away and just like Marty knocked yes. out on the ground. It was so good. They get it every time. Every single the, time. They're the second best cameraman in the business behind yeah. New Japan's camera. Yeah, they've, ne- they've never <laughs> caught the blood rolling down Shibata's face. They've not, they've not done that yet. Until but, but Super Strong Style this yes. year when Shibata's in it. Speaking of New oh. Japan, by the way, I was looking at <laughs> I was looking at Twitter. Um, you know how Michael Elgin is not at uh, Global Wars anymore. Yes. Yeah, he's been replaced he's... by Nagata, which is pretty, oh wow pretty impressive. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, so I that see Yuji Nagata live. That means that's it's badass. Yuji Nagata against Trent Seven, <laughs> which is pretty, cr- pretty oh. crazy. <laughs> that is nice. <laughs> that is very nice. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've just gone on Twitter now, and everyone's yeah. It's just a wall crazy. of people losing their mind. <laughs> losing That's their fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, not so breaking news by the time you hear this, yeah. but Yuji Nagata at Global Wars. That's exciting. Yes, it is. And uh, South Pacific Power Trip um, becoming number one contenders. Perhaps a bit less exciting, but still pretty cool. Um, they beat FSU and the Banter Squad, the Origin, <laughs> in this match. Uh, what do we think of the Origin turning almost pseudo babyface here um, with their banter gimmick? It's weird because they're, they're kind of making it clear that it's only the the Ligero Mastiff uh, yes. duo that is, yes. that is funny because even, even, <laughs> even on commentary they were like, this is the banter portion of the Origin. They're, they're still kind of serious at other points in time. Like say if Nathan Cruz was here, this would be all business. But because it's only these two, they're just fucking about and playing with foam fingers and stuff. Um, I like it. I don't. I don't see an issue with it. It's not like there's no other heel teams in in progress at this point. Um, there's at least two, right? The champions are heels as well. 
So yes, yeah, it's, it, they could do with some some new baby faces. I don't know if it's actually a turn or if it's just them them fucking about because no one's telling because <laughs> no one's <laughs> <down>. <laughs> no one's saying don't. So they're just doing it anyway. I, I would guess that it's kind of a mix of the two in the. I think that the way it's going, it started off just kind of them kind of messing around and entertaining themselves, but now I think it's probably going to build up to Gibson kind of beating them two up over it. Like, how do you turn heel? How do you make him even more of a heel to a British crowd? Have him be against the banter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think that might be where it ends up going. It could. With cause... them two turning face and Gibson kind of disowning them. Yeah, yeah, they are th- threatening at this point that, that there might be an origin breakup. Anyway, it seems like every now and again it's like, oh, oh, are they going to? And then they they kind of stay stay together. So it may be time. It's, it's been a it's been a long tease for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not it's gonna like go a bit longer together either. It's it's been a fairly long, fairly long time that they've been together at this point. So I wouldn't be against it. I just don't know exactly where they're going at this point. Um, with the origin antics here, um. A presumed fifth member of the Origin that could come in is Face for Facts, Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> that, the, the, the antics definitely reminded me of that, and Jim Smallman's ring introductions for Mastiff and Laguerre reminded me a lot of Kurt Hawkins fucking around in WWE. <laughs> I, must, I must say, Dave Mastiff's entrance was oh. one of the funniest things <laughs> I have ever seen. Like, <laughs> I think everyone knew that they were going to have something planned, but when he came out with the cams and the cape, uh, uh, yeah, one of the lads with me was actually in tears, laughing. <laughs> Actual tears streaming and down the, his face. The Foster's beer as well, and insulting the, the power trip with that. <laughs> and Eddie Dennis at some point as well. <laughs> and anyone with taste buds. Yes. Mm. Um, the ending of this match I think deserves special mention I, I really liked the ending of this match uh, because it made Travis Banks look like an absolute badass because yeah. he took out everyone killed McAndrews former progress champion with an aeroplane spin of all moves and it looked vicious and it was great and then at the end he's like being badass and saying I want it and TK Cooper rolls into the ring and is like, yeah, we won it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we did it. Even though he's been on the outside for like a minute while Travis Bank clo- closed everything up. So they're sowing seeds of dissension in the power trip. Yeah, which seems early. Although, I don't know if it's dissension as much as they're, they're putting over the fact that they've brought in uh, Travis Banks just to kick everyone's faces off. And Yeah, and, uh... I, I think it it's mainly to put over the fact that Travis Banks is legit. And I like yeah. that, but because after snubbing him from Brixton, he deserves <laughs> a bigger spotlight than he he has had previously. Yeah, and if uh, T.K. Cooper just wants to, you know, mess about with his with his dungarees and that kind of thing, then <laughs> then we should just let him really, because he's his pal's very successful at, at beating people up, so he you'll be fine. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. I think Travis Banks is someone that I'm guessing Progress are going to get behind big time in the quite near future and honestly i'm not that surprised because when when was the last time any of us saw a bad travis banks match and it I... just don't happen mm. so he... um, he's up there with some of the most underrated people around for me like in the entire world he's just so good i think pro- i can't say enough positive things about travis banks right now i, think... I want a real mm. travis banks high 
I do think that <laughs> the progress are pretty good at that where you know people are talking about them sure but like just when when a wrestler is about to get really really good then then progress will bring them in because Travis Banks since he's joined progress has been maybe just because it's more exposure but he has been I think he stepped up his game pretty pretty strongly and he's yeah you're right he doesn't he just doesn't have bad matches at this point it's it's, it's crazy really mm. As you say, Dan, he's killing it in uh, Fight Club Pro. He had that great match against Zack Sabre Jr. a couple of months ago. Um, looking forward to his match against Strickland as well. Um, yeah, so the South Pacific Power Trip, great act. They're potentially going to face British Strong Style, um, which Rob believes is a weird matchup, according to the run sheet that we're working off of. Big, big <laughs> um, uh, but... We're going to talk about their tables match with the shirtlifters um, later on, and I'm thinking that that might throw a spanner in the works for at least a straight singles match or straight single tag team match, two on two tag team match for the Power Trip versus British Strong Style. We'll talk. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, on to next the Rampage Brown Atlas Championship Open Challenge match. Who should answer the call? But <laughs> Mikey fucking Whiplash. Yeah. What do we think? <laughs> oh, of course, we have uh, official beef <laughs> to clear tonight for Ian. Uh-huh. I, I don't Mikey know what Whiplash. I did. I was in the I was in the <laughs> cinema. I was none of this was my fault. It was. Did look, someone steal your phone? No, I've got. It's here. It's fine. It was. It was nothing to do with me. I don't even. I've nothing to do with me. It was a nice dive, though. I don't see. I don't see what the issue was. <laughs> I didn't say anything wrong. Uh, I will get the tweet up very quickly, just to share it with the audience. Um, I just like a alliter- uh, do- I just like alliteration. That was why. That's why I tweeted it in the first place because I went. That's a nice dive. <laughs> How many times can I use the letter M? That's all I was doing. So yes, um, Ian tweeted. Manchester motivated Mikey Whiplash man, great, great alliteration area. Thank you. And Whiplash tonight, as we're recording this, has tweeted out to his near eight thousand followers <laughs> helpful hints on how not to be shit from wrestling fans. Do dives, do all the dives. Yeah, it's because I got a response to my tweet saying, "Is he not shit anymore?" And I said he did a dive. <laughs> that was that yes. was the entire conversation up until earlier today. Is is this? Is this thin skin or banter? I don't, do I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means when you when you screenshot it instead of quote tweet it. I'm not very up on the on the Twitter etiquette, so I don't know what that means. But whatever. <laughs> it, it was a nice dive, right? That was the best part. Of, that was the best part of Mikey Whiplash in this match. He did two very nice dives, <laughs> two lovely dives, and he wasn't wearing fishnets, and people wanted to know where his fishnets were. It. I. I. I'm seeing Whiplash wearing different attires quite a bit now. He he wore like long tights with the fishnets underneath for his match against his long, long match with Mark Haskins a couple of chapters ago. Um, it seems like he's trying to reinvent himself. I think he realizes that his performances as of late have kind of dipped as his fans' reactions to him. So he's trying to find a way around that, I guess. And I think he looked a lot more motivated here and... Um, he had the best match he's had in progress since he came back, but I think it was as still his not, best one not, since still not clicking since the last rampage match because I remember liking that quite a lot. Yeah, that was a mm. really good match. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I pretty much agree it was his best match since the last rampage match in progress. Um, 
I didn't think it was particularly bad. It was a bit underwhelming of a person to answer the open challenge. Yeah. And in defence of Whiplash, I'm going to mention Fight Club Pro again. On the Sunday show, he had a really good match with Trent Seven as well. Um, yeah, he can clearly go. It's there's just something weird in progress where he's not really clicking right now. Mm. He, he seems, I think it was I the mean, way but... the whole Tommy End thing kind of fell apart. Yeah, yeah, he's been the booking has not helped him whatsoever. Yeah, and he seems to keep ending up being um, a, a last minute replacement and getting kind of thrown into things that he's not not supposed to be in. I I don't think he was meant to be the mystery challenge or the mystery um opponent here i don't know i think i saw someone say that that possibly it would have been trent seven but they had to move things around because of uh shane strickland not being about but i mean mm. i mean regardless um it was the crowd didn't exactly react to to him being the big mystery part uh, why he's not as anyone's partner mystery opponent um, <laughs> But I think you know if he's going to come out and have a good match, he can't really complain. Um, it was it was definitely you know a worthwhile match, especially if Rampage is going. Mm. You, you know the the issue maybe was that people were saying, oh, Rampage is having a, an open challenge. It's going to be a big deal. But it looks like he's actually just having open challenges going forward. Yes. Um, which kind of makes it a different deal than if he was just issuing one single open challenge. Then you would expect it to be maybe more of a of a big deal of an opponent. This way, it just seems like. You know, he's just defending the belt against whoever, which is a completely different story to what maybe people thought they were, they were trying to tell. So I don't, I didn't have an issue with it. It just, it's weird the way that Mikey Whiplash always ends up in a situation where people are disappointed. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on this match, Dan, or should we move on? What did you think um, of the dives? What did you think of the two dives? Um. Decent dive. They were, yeah, they were good dives. I can't, I can't complain. I thought the second dives, one was a lot better than the first. It was the first nice one was kind of clumsy. The second was a nice dive, I would say. Right over the top rope. It was lovely. Strong dive. The typical big lad dive. Yeah. Gotta do the Undertaker stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll move on to the main event of chapter 37 now mark haskins defending the progress championship against zach gibson uh who got tp'd again yeah. i i wouldn't mind this being a regular occurrence it's a good yeah um, british fans in not knowing when to throw it shocker though <laughs> yeah wait till they say his name it's not even difficult as it happened you could see jim go over to him and give him the microphone which jim has later gone on to say yes i did do that but you just saw him go over and say, just do your stuff now. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> They've all gone too soon. Mm-hmm. It's like classic 2006 Jimmy Rave, and everyone likes 2006 Jimmy Rave, so. Um, what did we think of this match? Do we think um, Haskins as a main eventer is living up to the hype so far? It. It's strange because usually when there's a new champion in progress, um, they're going to have their first title defense against uh, Mark Haskins. Um, but obviously, with the champion being Mark Haskins here, they had to kind of, <laughs> kind of um, move Find it about. Yeah, Zach Gibson, I think, has been built up brilliantly, though. Like he is literally the most hated person in the company, and it's not like it's just because he's from Liverpool. He's actually, you know, he is winning um, matches. He is. Um, 
legitimately getting proper actual heat as opposed to just ah you're from a place that we're not from which is that's not what you're looking for really mm. um i think that this match was was good i think um it's definitely a worthy first defense for mark haskins and what he's possibly going on to next you know you want to get a strong victory um before you're moving on to that so i i think this did everything it needed to do um i don't know if it was amazing to the level that maybe some people would have would have hoped for but it, it was definitely down the stretch it got it got really really good there towards the end yeah i i really liked the match it was it was another one that was quite weird there live because gibson got quite a following built up by the end of the match um but yeah like i said it was a good match and good to see Haskins get a strong win to start off his reign. I did half think that Gibson might have won it. The closer it got to the match, the more I was mm. thinking, I could see Gibson winning here, you know. Because <laughs> what bigger heel move would there be than beating Haskins on his first defence? Yeah. That would have been that would have definitely been interesting. I'd, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there were some good uh, false finishes towards the end of the match here. Um, Gibson got in a Shankly Gates towards the end, which looked like it could have been definitive, but uh, Haskins managed to avoid his new like twirling suplex finisher, which I think is going to be his main finisher going forward. Yeah, and it means, um, it means you get to hear Helter Skelter in a Scouse accent every time he talks yeah. about it, which, <laughs> which is so good. I really like Mark Haskins um, going all uh, Kyrie Hojo with his sharpshooter. It's, it's so cool. Like bending all the way back like when he, he just has the sharpshooter on and then they're not tapping out and then he arches right back and then that is that person tapping Definitely. out or, or dead he's, or one of the he's two taken, he's taking inspiration from the true great yeah exactly there's no one better <laughs> uh, so where do we see Gibson going from here uh, he's lost his progress championship challenge where we thought that maybe he'd be the next progress champion um is is he still in line, next in line, or uh, do they have other things planned for him? What do we think? Um, I'm pretty sure he's still going to be the next champion. This is what they did with Haskins, with Skirl. You ignore the one show where Pasta was the champion, you know. He was the first person to face him, he lost, and then they built him back up again. I suspect the same thing will happen with Gibson, only he's going to turn on the prime banter squad and build up that way. Yeah, that there could be a if there's an origin breakup, then that'll keep him keep him occupied until until he's needed. But I I would agree with that. I think he's the definitely the best choice to to kind of carry the company going going forward. Okay, so that was progress chapter thirty seven. Um, pretty strong show. I wouldn't say there was like any one amazing match on it, but definitely worth a watch. Uh, there were I think three very good matches in Drake Eichner. Uh, the four-way and the main event, and then nothing bad, uh, which is surprising with like a lot of new talent on there and whiplash. <laughs> mm. uh, but everyone delivered pretty strongly, so yeah, another strong show from Progress. Yeah, it's fa- uh, fairly typical of a Manchester show, I think, that you get you get more consistency. Um, I think your high-end stuff is usually going to happen in London, although you get lower lows in London as well, like um, Sebastian promos and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, Manchester (laughs) shows, especially ones I've been to live, always seem to just be, they're just fun. You can just sit and, and, you know, people are on on 
you know, when, when they're looking at them later after the fact on tape, kind of pick them apart. But sitting in Manchester and watching them, it's always it's always fun all the way through, I think. Mm. Yeah, okay. I go on with um, that. Before we... Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that I agree with that, although I would say that possibly my progress match of the year was in Manchester, but that was very much an outlier to most of the matches that you get, which are just solidly quite good. Yeah, that War Machine match was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly which one I was <laughs> yeah, talking I, about. I was also there, and I would agree with that. So, uh, we'll move on to Progress Chapter 38, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting card with some different names and returning names, and currently no real main event, although we think we know what the main event is going to be, but Progress haven't announced it yet, so we can't be sure. Um, so we'll start off breaking it down with the returning Hunter Brothers versus the new nation, but not that one from 1999. It's Alexander Henry and Jason Prime, the primate. And this is a very intriguing match because I've never seen an Alexander Henry match. I've been, seen very little of primate. And uh, the last time the Hunter Brothers were in progress, they absolutely killed it with the Sumerian Death Squad. So it's an intriguing match, definitely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the new nation at all. <laughs> at all. So I'm going to be no help here whatsoever. Yeah, we're all going to be pretty useless, aren't we? <laughs> the Hunter Brothers are great, though. Yeah, guess... And Primate's good, so... Yeah, I'm... Um, it, you, if it's going to be, like, a wacky tag match with, with the Hunter Brothers in it, I don't, I don't see there being anything anything wrong with that. It'll be fun, I would assume, unless someone does something stupid, um, which I don't anticipate happening. He's yeah. suggesting that the geezers are going to show up. <laughs> they might. <laughs> you, you never know. Maybe they've got maybe they've got secrets on everyone. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the Hunter Brothers have been very very good in um in Fight Club Fight Club Pro as well. Um, which welcome to the Fight Club Pro podcast. Podcast. I know. Basically, mm. go out there and buy every Fight Club Pro show you can get. It's great. <laughs> I wholeheartedly endorse this. Yes. Um. We have the beginning of a women's natural progression series on this show, and it's an intriguing matchup: Ginny versus Pollyanna, the first women's match uh, from a year and a half ago, and one of them's going to get eliminated early on, and it's probably going to be Pollyanna because Ginny's kind of the star of the division de facto. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I expected this match to happen maybe second or third round, not first, but like you say, it's pretty much going to be Ginny win, you'd think, and. On we go from there. Yeah, it's tough because if you look at who potentially is going to be in this, there's not really any obvious um, dead weight in there. So you can't really avoid booking matches like this so early. So it's it's interesting to say the least. Mm. Yeah. I there's probably... That, no. I have suspected that they might bring someone up from Projo and have them face Pollyanna first just for mm. us to kind of get them through a match on a show. But it's it is what it is. Um, we probably know seven of the probably eight participants in this tournament. Um, there's Ginny, there's Pollyanna, Laura DiBatteo, um, Nixon Newell, Dahlia Black, and Alex Windsor, and Kaylee Ray, which leaves another spot open. As Dan just said, they may fill it with a Projo person. Um, I know Chikara is very green, but she could potentially be in there just as a 
a, a tournament filler, um, or they could recruit from outside. Uh, are, are there any women who you'd particularly want to see in this tournament? Yeah. There's none that particularly jump out that I would put in. There's quite a few that are like are all around Walton level where I think, yeah, they'd be all right in that, or that, that kind of thing from the outside. But, like I say, they, yeah. no one in particular jumps out at me as in they must be in there that isn't already. Yeah. No, I mean, you would you would hope for someone amazing like Tony Storm, but she seems pretty busy at the moment. All, like, all <laughs> yeah. the time. She's just everywhere. Yeah. So it's probably not the best idea to even, even she's think just about. On, uh, she's on a permanent flight between Oberhausen and yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, just, you know, one one a day. I'm going to st- I'm gonna have to start calling her Laligera. <laughs> Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> uh, so, who do we think is going to win at this tournament and be the first ever Progress Women's Champion? Um, I'm guessing it's going to be Laura. Um, that just seems to make the most sense to me from a story perspective. Yeah, Ginny versus Laura in the final... I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but that seems like what they might go for. It would make the more se- uh, the most sense, definitely. Um, it's hard to tell, really, not knowing exactly who's going to be in it or or what they're. I mean, I assume it would be a similar structure to the previous uh, natural progression series, but you you don't really know at this point because all they've done is said it's going to be a tournament, and then they've announced one match. So I'm not hundred percent, but you would think that that would be a a good uh, story for the final more than anything else so yeah I can see that happening I think that also gives them the option that if they really want to go all out with it them to have a bit of a blood feud and they could main event a chapter with it if they wanted mm. to go that direction yeah and I think they've both gotten better since their first singles match which kind of flubbed um, I think they've both gotten better since then even in, in just the few months since uh, so I think by the time this tournament is over they may well be ready for that kind of spotlight so yeah i'm on board with that uh they could also go with kaylee ray nixon newell like if they want to do two more experienced people and have a for sure good match out of the tournament final but we'll see it's too early to <laughs> predict yeah, exactly mean, what's going to happen they have options yeah. is what we're saying it's 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 exciting it's exciting more than yeah. anything else uh Next up is probably the match I'm most hyped for because I just watched a pretty good promo hype video for it. It's a tables match, as voted by Progress fans. The Shirtlifters, Jack Sexsmith and Roy Johnson versus the South Pacific Power Trip. Um, this has been a lo- sort of a low-key feud that's gone on. Uh, they've had a singles match, a tag team match, and a trios match, and the Shirtlifters team has, with Pollyanna... Uh, have lost all three of those matches. Um, but in this promo video, they're saying that, uh, you know, they're going to be more serious in this one, and it's not about just being straight up good at wrestling, it's about being better than the other team and being like being able to put away this feud for good. And <laughs> I, I think that signposts to me that the shirtlifters are going to win this one and sort of muddle up that tag team title scene a little bit. But what do you guys think? I am slightly nervous um, with progress and tables <laughs> um, <laughs> because they've had an issue with that yeah. before. Um, 
that was a weird one i the facebook vote thing was was strange to me um because tables match kind of was always going to win i voted for false count anywhere because those things are fun but um <laughs> it was kind of weighted towards they wanted to book a tables match yeah. anyway um, it, w- it was one of those wwe here's three options pick this one <laughs> yeah and ignore the other two. all the other ones are the same anyway so pick this one yeah um, yeah but i yeah it's easier i guess to to do a tables match if the tables aren't working than it is to do a a TLC match if the ladders aren't working so yeah. you, would, you would hope <laughs> that this would be okay I think I was live at the, the trios match which I thought was surprisingly good um, especially Jack Sexsmith who I, I thought really nothing of in terms of, of as a wrestler up until that point he's, he's definitely improving um, so I could see this being being decent I don't I don't think it'll be especially with Travis Banks in there I don't think it'll be bad Um it's definitely intriguing um, to see how it goes. Um, with you saying that about the tables, another fake for pro reference. Yeah. You've seen Project Mayhem, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, they can go very badly wrong as well. Yeah, but, can, uh, it can go the other yeah. way and the tables just refuse to break. That's, that's, also, that's also an issue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I kind of thought that the trios match finished this whole feud off, so I was really surprised when this was announced. And then obviously even more surprised when the power trip then won the number one contendership with this match already announced. So I think, yes, you're probably right in that shirtlifters get the win and it'll be interesting to see where they go from there, whether they could do a freeway with these two in British Strong Style or whether there's another in there. Um, obviously that would be dependent on Robert Lynch's eye, maybe the riots coming back in. Hmm. Um, there's certainly opening up the tag division a bit and I think British Strong Style as champions um, allow them to go in different directions and still make really good matches whatever they do Um, but yeah I'm hyped to see this match and see what Sexsmith and Johnson can do in a more hyped situation they've been strictly undercard guys so far but this one is sort of one of the bigger matches on this show so I hope that it um, comes off well and the tables don't betray them as they did last time uh yeah we'll move on to paul robinson versus pastor william eva and this is uh the return of eva into the world of not sebastian (laughs) after his uh disjointed progress championship run fed into a that bad feud which has been um uh taken away now that sebastian is injured and eva gets thrown straight in there with robinson who's returning and they want to build him up I this is an interesting one as well because both guys sort of need a win and I I like that when the booking isn't completely obvious. Yeah, uh, I have absolutely no idea who's winning this one in, at all. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. Both of them, I could easily make an argument for why they should win. So yeah, yeah, I kind should of be a good one. I kind of feel the same. It's it's. It's again, I think I like a lot of this card. It's, it's just interesting. It's not, you can't really, mm. you can't really decipher exactly what they're going for, which is good, I suppose. Um, and this this should be decent as well because um, Paul Robinson is, is really good. So um, he's definitely, he's good at beating people up as well. And and yeah, I think probably most of the match is going to be um, Pastor getting beat up, which will be entertaining. So I will watch that. Okay. 
The next match on the show is for the number one contendership to the Smash Championship, currently held by uh, Mark Haskins, who also holds the Progress Championship. He's decked in gold right now. Um, I believe the winner of this match isn't the straight-up number one contender, though, because... It's a uh, triple threat ladder yes, match. They'll be it? added to a la- triple threat ladder match with Kevin Bennett in there as well. I know nothing about Kevin Bennett. <laughs> but yeah, it's Mark Andrews versus Matt Cross. And we'll see if Andrews gets rehabbed after taking the aeroplane spin from hell from Travis Banks at the last chapter. And it's good to see Matt Cross back. These two had a sort of very brief exchange at the Super Strong Style in that um like revival match almost. Uh, at the start of day two, which was really good. And this is sort of more in Matt Cross's wheelhouse than his match with Sammy Callahan from that tournament. Yeah, I'm, I just think it's all really weird that this match is happening and in London for the Smash number one contendership for mm. everything about it seems really weird to me. I'm thinking <laughs> Cross is going to end up winning, but Andrew's very easily could as well. Again, it's another interesting one on this card. And it will probably be a very entertaining match as well. Yeah, I think that there's not much more you can say about that than it'll be... It'll probably be uh, quite flippy and um, and exciting. And it's... Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about that one. It, it will be. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll be flippy... Very, very flippy. <laughs> if they're exchanged from uh, we that, have... that, uh, that opener from night two is super strong style, is anything to go by, it's going to be the flippiest of all the things. Yes. We have another Atlas Championship Open Challenge as part of Rampage Brown's series. Uh, the commentary said at the last show that he'd defend the title until, like this, in the Open Challenge, until he lost it. So it seems like this is what they're going to go with. Um, anyone have any guesses as to who it might be? <laughs> Mikey Whiplash again. <laughs> that would be funny. That did cross my mind. When we were talking about it before, I just get, that, that did cross my mind. Um, I'm thinking this one might be Trent Seven, but yeah. it's a weird one in that Rampage and Trent had that five-minute match not particularly long ago, mm. which was brilliant, but it was five minutes and Rampage won yeah. clean as you like. So it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm going to guess Trent, but that's not based on much. Yeah, it could it could really, it could be anyone. Um, I would assume it's someone from the roster, but it could be, you know, there's, there's plenty of big lads there, so it could really be. Chris Hero is in Ireland that he night, is, so true. it's not impossible. No. There's plenty, there's plenty of flights to Dublin, so yeah, that, that could happen. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing that they're doing with that Atlas title because it it, it makes it feel different to, to everything else that's in the company. Yeah, having having Rampage just say, "Well, I'll just defend it against whoever." Um. So. Currently, those are all the matches that have been announced for the show. Uh, usually, they have seven matches on the show, and usually, they have one that is more obviously a main event. Uh, we're thinking that the main event will be Haskins versus Marty Skull versus Jimmy Havoc, but nothing has been announced yet, so <laughs> all we can go on is speculation that that is the main event for the Progress Championship. And Yeah, yeah Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> put, they put that video out of Haskins challenging both, didn't they? Yeah. So, 
presume that is going to happen, but like you say, it's not confirmed yet, so... That feels like a really big match to be happening already, though. I feel like... I, I mm. honestly, It might just be me, but the triple threat doesn't really entice me that much. I think all of the singles matches in that are a lot more appealing. Maybe that's just to me. Oh, definitely, but if you're throwing all three of them in, in the title match immediately, that seems like something you would want to announce maybe more than a week in advance, possibly. I don't know if it's maybe because they don't know if Jimmy can actually do it because I don't know when he's meant to be back. Um, it was supposed to be last week he was getting his check, I believe, from his podcast with Flash Morgan Webster, but that could have been him working everyone again. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because there has to be something, because you're right, there's no... Unless they put a tables match on, but it's a weird thing to main event with, with those four people. Hmm. Who knows? So something is up with this show, <laughs> certainly, but yeah. it currently has no proper main event, and I don't know, I feel like shenanigans are going to go down. When Progress doesn't announce something very obvious, that usually means something big is going to happen. So, you know, keep an eye on this show. <laughs> yes. This is an interesting show. It's all it's all pretty interesting after after Brixton, really, because they're bringing in new people and um, people have left, obviously. So it feels really fresh. Yeah, they're shuffling yeah, the deck definitely. a bit, aren't they? And... Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, so we just talked for about an hour about progress. Um, uh, we should probably move on to something else. Uh, we're thinking WCPW. Well, we spent an hour talk. We spent an hour talking about Fightful Pro. Yeah, mainly, yeah we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, we currently we're not going to talk about Fight Club Pro this week, Ooh. but uh, it, we're definitely planning more <laughs> Fight Club Pro stuff. Uh, just a, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I mean, if you start <laughs> that one. if you start talking about Fight Club Pro, then everyone will just clamor for you to start talking about Attack, and it'll just never end. You, you got well, attack you got is also really him. good. Attack is great. Attack as well. is also yeah. really, really good. So. But Fight Club Pro is getting quite a lot of buzz lately, and I do want to talk about it, and I do want to up the uh, the coverage we do on it. So don't worry, we've got Fight Club Pro covered. <laughs> but right now, um, we're talking WCPW, uh, which is a fairly hot topic in a. Uh, Brit rest right now because a fairly controversial topic um, because obviously they're getting money balled like crazy um, bringing in all these guys Minoru Suzuki, JR, Jim Cornette and just like they're probably like a front for something right <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> spending all this money wantonly with reckless abandon um, they outdrew Brixton which we all praised um, with their 2400 number um at brixton uh with true legacy which i believe was in manchester and that was um the same weekend they had all those big stars over um kurt angle minori suzuki uh jr on commentary uh what do we think about the rapid expansion of wcpw they're going to orlando now as well in april um <laughs> <laughs> that size says it all <laughs> i don't know they, uh, yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know. 
it's like obviously because they booked a bunch of people that casual fans know um most of the talk i heard from it was from people who were really excited to see like kurt angle and alberto del rio i didn't hear anything mm. outside of twitter i didn't hear anyone excited about um minoru suzuki um which is probably um probably fair to be honest i don't know how many people would know that's kind of evidenced by that weird photo of him sitting at his table on his own which made me want to cry um but it's it's i feel like it's a different audience to to what to what i'm kind of used to so i I don't know how much i can speak on it we do say that point all the time yeah Uh, exactly the same i'm very much not the audience that they're going for and that's fine (laughs) they're just going the casuals uh i do worry about kind of the stepping on toes with the likes of rev pro that we've got coming up but you know who knows let's see where it all goes yeah i mean Mm, it's i don't go go for it (laughs) i had nothing really yeah to be fair i mean they are a fairly recognizable name ish um mainstream compared to to everyone else i mean progress running is basically running to hardcore wrestling fans and them you know getting 2400 is ridiculous um what culture is also impressive um but they have a much wider kind of audience to 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 kind of pull from so i feel like it's still impressive but maybe not quite as shocking um because yeah they brought in so many people that people would know like if if someone was to ask me who was on the progress show and i told them they would they wouldn't know who any of those people were but if i was like oh yeah jr's doing commentary they'd be like yep i'll I'll go to that and it's weird but that's kind of how it's kind of <laughs> how it works to people who are not sitting tweeting 500 times a day or whatever yeah it's not nerd wrestling um but are we a little worried isn't the right word but it's a word i'm going to use anyway are we a little worried that like this is what brit rest is emerging as in like circles like um the observer like you hear um Meltzer talking about the numbers wcpw are doing for their ipad for view and like is this what a more casual wrestling fan is gonna think um british wrestling is about uh i'm not trying to like um direct the conversation in one way no that's what it sounds like but yeah um is this a case of wcpw not representing brit rest on a sort of wider stage like the way progress rev pro etc do well i feel like Um, oh go on no i was just gonna say that i do think that that is something that we are seeing because like dave Meltzer isn't really covering anyone else over here at the moment is he apart from the big york hall shows um it's something that very easily could happen but it is aiming for a different niche than the other companies as we've just said so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of with with Meltzer anyway he only really seems to mention impressive things he doesn't kind of like because he's always talking about how ICW are running the hydro and, and that kind of thing mm. and you're like yeah but nobody cares really so it's it's weird that he seems to latch on to the the more the more impressive maybe um what am i trying to say the more impressive kind of um fuck it who cares i don't know 
<laughs> more kind of numbers. I'm, I'm trying to more impressive words. numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's not the word I was looking for, but yeah, kind of big numbers. He kind of goes, yeah, that's amazing. When you're seeing, you know, <laughs> consistently quality actual, pro- yeah, which is also odd because then when he goes to Japan, he's talking about the the quality all the time over over the numbers. It's it's weird. I don't know his thought process on that, but I mean, <laughs> he's only one man anyway, so <laughs> we should make that clear. Mm. Um, I don't think it's. It's hard to tell, really, with WCPW because they could just decide that they don't give a shit anymore in six months, and then it's gone. So you, you really, yeah, you really that is know. the worry. Um, WCPW are sort of like um moneyball titans of Britress right now, like just um with like the size of the shows and the talent they're going for. At the other end of it is like um. OTT being being like a small company rising out of pretty much nothing to being putting on quite an impressive product and they're having a hell of a year. Um, we should talk about the shows that they're running coming up this weekend and they've got some pretty tasty lineups, including um, the one and only Chris Hero coming over, I believe, for the first time in OTT. Yeah. But you know he's making a regular habit of coming to Europe nowadays because I think <laughs> I think more than anything he realizes that uh, it's kind of a place to be in indie wrestling right now. Um, yeah, uh, heroes everywhere having... all the time though <laughs> he's just always everywhere <laughs> they've got three shows coming up this weekend um, on night one they have night one and two are under the WrestleCon name and night three is under the Invasion of Body Slams at the Comedy Carnival name so that's what we'll refer to them as and night one for the WrestleCon shows which is confusing because it's not about WrestleCon in Orlando, but just bear with us. <laughs> um, the night one show, uh, main evented by Chris Hero versus Ryan Smile. That's a hell of a match. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Smile in in OTT is is um, peak Ryan Smile, I would say. Um, he's yeah, it's a different animal to what you yeah. see elsewhere, isn't it? It's... He's so good over there, and. Yeah, basically the three Chris Hero matches. Yeah, the three Chris Hero matches are are kind of putting him up against the 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 top the top talent in OTT. Um, and this one for sure is going to be. I don't. I don't really. You don't really see Ryan Smile have a, a bad performance in Ireland. He's he's everyone loves him, and he he kind of feeds off that, and he always has has really great matches over there. So, th- this should, this should be impressive. I would have thought. Yeah, that might pretty much agree with that. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic match. Ryan Smile is really good, especially in that underdog role, which against someone like Chris mm. Hero, he's going he's going to be in. That's he's going to take a load of elbows and go down. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be an absolutely belting yeah. match. This is definitely probably well, definitely probably <laughs> I say definitely uh the biggest match of Ryan Smiles' career so far because it's a real test of him as a wrestler like he's had some really impressive performances in like multi-man matches this one's one-on-one straight up with one of the best in the world who's like a very different wrestler to he is so it'll be very interesting to see like how he adapts and just how well he performs I feel like people don't give him the credit he's due because he doesn't like pop up in progress um and not very often in rev pro so it will be interesting to see how he does in this main event slot in ott ott have really given him the ball this year and he's run with it um really putting their promotion on the nerd wrestling map so to speak uh a couple of other matches from night one uh melina 
is here in in UK and Ireland. She's taking on Katie Harvey, who's also sort of becoming an OTT regular at this point. And Marty Skull versus Tyler Bate, another very tasty matchup. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Molina versus Katie Harvey could be interesting because, well, Molina is Molina. Katie Harvey's good. You know, I would, I would certainly say that. She's one of them where I was talking before about a lot of people that are kind of around that level that could be in the natural progression. Um, but Skirl versus Bay is a match that really interests me, how them two work. Because uh, that could be a real, you know, sleeper match that everyone would want to see. Because Bate's debut over in OTT against Jordan Devlin is one of the most impressive matches I've seen this year. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Bate, like Travis Banks, doesn't have bad matches. Um, <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't, though. I don't... It's... Uh, who knows? It's, it's crazy. Um, is the is the women's match, is that part of a tournament or something like that? Yes. There's a tournament. Um, I think it's just over the three nights. Yeah, it's just, it's just the four, four women. Um, what is that for? I don't actually know. Is it just a tournament or is that a title? <laughs> I remember well, it's a the, tournament, but I can't remember what they're it's They're creating the cha- they're creating a women's ah, championship. There you go. Okay. So well, you there would, we go. You um, would think spoiler for the other match that's B Priestley and Martina. You would think probably the session moth. Yeah, you would think probably Katie Harvey would win against Melina, but you never know because Melina is a quote unquote big star. Um. Uh, they might go Martina Molina. Yeah, they could. Just for like you know the personalities in like three. Yeah, and for the almost rhyming chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, night two has B Priestley versus Martina the Session Moth, um, and also Hero and Smile in two more big matches: Smile against Marty Skull and Chris Hero against um, aforementioned Jordan Devlin in Devlin's biggest match of his career. That yeah. will be very interesting to see. That one, that feels like a proper, like, if you, if you think Ryan Smile is having, like, an important match with Hero, Jordan Devlin, that, yeah. that feels like a, <laughs> that feels important. Because Jordan Devlin is, you can see potential just kind of oozing out of him all the time. Oh, um, yeah. And that's why I picked him when I was on for the draft, by the way. Everyone remember that I picked him that time. Um, yes, I I remember very very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to uh, make the point, but you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is going to be a, a big test for him. But the other thing is, if there's someone that you're going, you want to kind of prove yourself against, there doesn't seem like anyone easier to do that with than than Chris Hero. He's gonna he's gonna have a, you know, a, the best match possible with you, and this could really be a big deal for for Jordan Devlin coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, obviously, he's not actually British, but Jordan Devlin's one of them people that the fact that no British companies are actually looking at him seemingly, because you don't even hear of anyone looking at him. Maybe he just doesn't want to do it unless it's for one of the bigger ones and they're not looking at him for whatever reason. But he's someone that is really under the radar at the moment and he's really knocking out the park whenever I've seen him. Yeah, he kind of came came out of nowhere a little bit as well because you could hear kind of the very um you know go to every OTT show um maybe six months ago kind of talking about him, but then since his heel turn, well his match with Tyler Bate and then the heel turn since then he's kind of he's hit another level since then, and yeah he's he's on fire just now and yeah this hero match will be will be something else. 
uh, the main event of the third night of um, this triple shot for OTT is Pete Dunne versus Chris Hero. Another huge match. Pete Dunne, obviously, like, the man in OTT, really. And Chris Hero is Chris Hero. It's the kind of match that makes you wonder if you can swim that far, really, isn't it? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Flights are expensive. I would go. I would swim to that because that's that's an, a that's a crazy match. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I get mean, like a, a a pedal boat. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would maybe. I mean, the three of us in a pedal boat will get there really quickly. Yes. I mean, yeah. What else can you say about these two guys? They're both absolutely fantastic, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it just goes without saying that yeah. it's going to be. We a don't need to hype match. this one up. <laughs> it's impressive that OTT got to this before before anyone else as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of first-time matchups that we just read off there, and OTT getting them just shows what a good year that they've had, and they've really got a solid creative direction going, and they're creating some really good shows. And considering I'd never even seen one of their shows before this year, they've had possibly the best year of any um, European company, well, just from that perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, considering I went over for my first one in February... And the difference between then and now even is is night and day. Um, it was a really good show in February, but uh, now it just seems like they can't miss shows. Basically, every single time they they run the tiv- t- I can't say that word. T- Tivoli, right? That's how you pronounce Tivoli. it. Right? Yeah, I got laughed at by Alan Forel for calling it the Tivoli when I was there. <laughs> I was like, Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> I, how, how do I know? But yeah, it's they're yeah they're having an unbelievable year. Yeah, when I went over in July, it, it it's the atmosphere as well in that building is just ridiculous. You're all right on top of the ring, and the beer's reasonably cheap, and that kind of leads to a lot of noise. Yeah, and chants that, that you can't quite understand what they're saying, but that's very passionate. <laughs> such passion. Yeah, I, I've got to get over there sometime, um, because it, it looks like the place to be right now. <laughs> yeah. It's good that there's a legitimate five-horse race for the uh, the prestigious Britty Award for European Promotion of the Year. Join us uh, in December for the Britty Awards here on Breakfast Roundtable. Cheap plug. Wow. Um, who do we think is the Promotion of the Year? Uh, just getting your guys' thoughts. Uh, I'm thinking OTT, Fight Club Pro, WXW, Rev Pro, and Progress. It would be it would be rude candidates. for us not to say Fight Club Pro after this podcast, right? <laughs> sure. <Surely. laughs> yeah, this this was a big Fight Club yeah. Pro loving. Yeah. It's it's a hard one to tell though, um, because everyone seems to be having decent years. You could say someone Progress's booking was odd. Um, but I don't think I don't mm. think match quality was any anything to sniff at at all. Um, yeah, there wasn't a problem match quality side on their end at all. No, I think probably because of how much they've come from nowhere, OTT will be in with a big contendership for that. Uh, Fight Club Pro is pretty similar in a way that they've, they've kind of been around for ages, but since they've started putting the shows on VOD, what late summer? Yeah, um, yeah they've just really exploded because everyone's seeing the stuff and loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like last year was the year where the maybe larger companies kind of came into their own and then this year is when all the smaller ones are kind of rising up to, to, to join them and it's it's really, really cool and expensive. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of wrestling to watch now and it's so accessible and it's so weird that it's from Britain because when I first got back into into (laughs) wrestling, it was like, I'm not going to go see like 
RPW or whatever. I'm not going to go to that. Yeah. When I first went to, um, like, a Rev Pro show, and that was, like, the first time I'd ever seen, like, live wrestling that wasn't WWE, I was <laughs> skeptical as well. Like, who is this Dave Mastiff guy? Is he, <laughs> is yeah. he any good? <laughs> it was like, I'll go to this show because like, that's Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know. I yeah, don't know yeah. why else. I had this guy called Will Osprey was in a tag match. It was weird. Um, but, yeah. So, He'll never be coming No, anymore. no. He'll probably bleach his hair and just lose his mind. It'll be ridiculous. <laughs> the Milo Yiannopoulos look <laughs> that everyone wants. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good to be a, a British wrestling fan right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with that kind of positivity, um, it's about time to wrap up. Just got to do um, some ad reads for you. I've uh, got a few Voices of Wrestling links that if you click through to, uh, you can... Uh, help out the site um, while spending your usual amount. Uh, it gets a little kickback to the Voices of Wrestling site. Uh, we've got voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon to use on Amazon. Um, uh, voicesofwrestling.com slash SeatGeek to use on SeatGeek to buy uh, sporting event tickets and concerts and whatever. And voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop for all your WWE Shop goodness, all those t-shirts, mugs, etc. of all your favourite people. Uh, if you just use those links, it gives a little kickback to Voices of Wrestling, no extra charge to you, just helps out the site, helps it grow. And with that, uh, I'll let you guys uh, plug your assorted uh, wrestling endeavours. Twitter names, etc. <laughs> um, I'm at Dan the Dazzler. Um, pretty easy to find. I'm usually winding someone up. <laughs> yeah, I'm at BME underscore 87 on Twitter and I have a SoundCloud as well where I say that I do Taylor Swift covers but I haven't done one for a long time although... I know, I'm really missing <laughs> I'll do one, I mean it's Out of the Woods next, which is difficult turns out it's not an easy song to do um, It's I, also a banger. It is, it's a beautiful song. I would do a whole podcast on how good <laughs> Out of the Woods is. It's just really hard to record <laughs> um, I do have something coming up on there that's not really wrestling related one time i did a biffy clyro cover that had all lyrics dedicated to kushida that was fun um so there's, wow. there's stuff on my soundcloud <laughs> so you can you can listen to me um attempt to sing as well all right thanks for joining me guys um great to have you both on uh for dan and ian i'm ollie court uh we'll see you next time on Brooklyn's roundtable goodbye bye, Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.